as I have mentioned in a few homilies recently, understanding the Old Testament is essential to understanding Jesus and his mission. Everything God revealed about himself before the coming of the Messiah has found its fulfillment in Jesus. Everything. Including, for example, the concept of Israel. In the Greek translation of the Old Testament, called the Septuagint, in both the Pentateuch and the Prophets, the assembly of the Israelites is often referred to as the Ecclesia. This is a Greek word literally meaning those who are called out from something. This is also the Greek word that today we translate as church. So all throughout the Old Testament, we see the nation of Israel referred to in exactly the same way as the nation Christian community in the New Testament. As such, it should not surprise us that Christians have always thought of themselves and their community of faith as being so much more than just a voluntary association of believers. If God spent so many years preparing the Hebrew people for their status as his chosen people, through Abraham, Moses, and David, through the Exodus, the exile, and the return, then he must have been equally intentional when Jesus created his own ecclesia, the church. The church is not an accident, and it is not a human institution. It is the fulfillment of the plan God set in motion when he created and blessed the ancient nation of Israel. Given that the church is the fulfillment of Israel, we believe that she ought to have the same characteristics that Israel had in the Old Testament. So let's read our first reading from Isaiah again to determine what a few of these characteristics are. First, Isaiah says, Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick clouds cover the peoples. But upon you the Lord shines, and over you appears his glory. We see here that the church is uniquely blessed. While the rest of the world is covered in darkness, somehow the church enjoys in a special way the blessings of God, which do not come from any action or merit of the church. They are not earned. They are gifts freely given. In the Christian context, This light, this glory, is the revelation of the mystery of God, which St. Paul describes in our second reading. The church is the one who has received the gospel of Christ and the power of his presence in the sacraments. As St. John says, Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness. So the blessing that has been bestowed on the church is nothing more and nothing less than the light of Jesus Christ. Next, we hear in Isaiah, Nations shall walk by your light, 
and kings by your shining radiance. Raise your eyes and look about. They all gather and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters in the arms of their nurses. The light of Christ is inherently attractive. When that light shines in the darkness, everyone from every corner of the globe desires it. And so they are drawn to the source of that light. They are drawn to the church. Remember, God was intentional when he created the church, just as he was intentional when he created Israel. The church is not independent of, nor peripheral to, the light of Christ. It was Jesus' will that his ecclesia, his assembly of believers, would be the source of his light in the world, so that everyone who was drawn to him would, would be drawn back into his body, which is the church. Finally, we hear in Isaiah, Then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall throb and overflow, for the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. The wealth of nations shall be brought to you. Caravans of camels shall fill you, dromedaries from Midian and Ephah. All from Sheba shall come bearing gold and frankincense and proclaiming the praises of the Lord. What is the result of all the ends of the earth being drawn into the one community of believers? Wealth and riches. Those who are attracted to Christ through and in the church bring with them the gifts of their cultures and their societies. The Catholic Church is unique in the world because it is able to hold together in one assembly all of the diverse cultures of humanity without sacrificing or ignoring or compromising our shared belief in Jesus or the genius of these cultures. And, maybe even more impressively, the Catholic Church is unique in its ability to hold together all of the distinct eras of human thought and society. Our theology, our liturgy, and our pastoral practices continue to rely on the teachings of the ancient Christians and the medieval Christians and the modern Christians, weaving them all into an integrated whole without contradiction or exclusion. Treasures of every continent and every time period have been emptied before us because it is in the church that the entire breadth of humanity has sung the praises of the Lord. My friends, I know that these last few months have been difficult exposing the corruption and negligence of some of our leaders has been a stark reminder that sin can and does corrupt even those who claim to be men of God. And in addition, we all share this unsettling feeling that things are going to get worse, even much worse, before they get better. But even in the midst of this, I think it is important to remind ourselves of two things. First, the church was created by God, just as Israel was created by God. 
Jesus intended that there should be an organized, visible assembly of believers who are taught and led by the successors of his apostles. Unfortunately, like with the apostles, the Lord relies on sinful men, and sometimes sin appears to have the upper hand. But the church herself persists in this crisis and in every other crisis before Because the Lord wills that she should. He will bring about a cleansing and a reformation, just as he did with ancient Israel. Because she is his church, and he wants his light to shine through her. Second, no amount of sin or corruption can change the fact that the church has been entrusted with the light of Christ and that this light will continue to shine, even when we obscure it by our sin. Just this week, there was a news article about a high-ranking Episcopal priest in Tennessee who, with his family, left his career and his church to become Catholic. He took a huge, life-altering risk to join a church that is currently embroiled in a horrible scandal. Why? Because despite everything, we still have the light of Christ in our teachings and in our sacraments. And the light of Christ will always draw the world to itself. Of course, this means that we have a grave responsibility, individually and as a parish, to ensure that we do not dampen this light, but allow it to shine brighter through us. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the mission of the church is to let shine the light of Christ and to draw all people into his body, which is the church. Thank you for your continued efforts to live out this most important work given to us by the Lord.